Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic. Tonight is the Extraordinary People episode, and I am so excited for tonight's guest because she is an extremely gifted actress who is currently in the Chetco Pelican Players iconic version of the horror suspense play Misery. She's playing Annie Wilkes. It's thrilling to have her on the show tonight. She is the talented and beautiful Miss Chloe Rosenthal. Chloe, welcome to the show. Thank you. That's a hell of an intro. Can you follow me everywhere in life? <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> and for, oh the, for those of you, you know, not in the loop, this girl was just coming off a show tonight, so she is graciously donating her time after having played Annie just a couple hours ago. So thank you so much, Chloe. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It means so much to me. We've been like, you know, uh, social media friends for a, a couple of years now, I think. And, yeah. Um, just following each other's successes and all the different things that we're doing. And this is really great to actually connect um, uh, over your podcast. I'm so honored to be here. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's believe me, it's long overdue. And I am curious. Let's just get to the basics. Where did you grow up? And what kind of kid were you? What was little Chloe like? <laughs> so this is actually funny. So I the, the town in which I'm doing misery is where I grew up. So it's super strange. Like, I live in Los Angeles currently. I'm an actor down there, and I do stand-up comedy as well. Um, and I, some directing, too. So I do a bit of everything. And then um, I left... I was I went to L.A. in 2013, so I've been there for a bit. And then... Um, yeah, I grew up here in Brookings, Oregon, um, which is where we're doing the show. I saw just a casting notice for for Misery, and I my mind was blown because this has been a dream since I was 11 years old. I, I read the book in a study hall class. I had nothing else to do. And I was like, oh, this guy's creepy. I love this. Let's, let's read this. this is the, these are the books my mom reads. Check it out. Had no idea just how creepy they were. Really impressed with my mom after that. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, wow. I remember putting the book down and saying, like, I'm going to play Annie Wilkes someday. And here we are. That is unbelievable. Now, <laughs> now, now, what got you into acting? Like, what was that moment where you said, yeah, this is me? Um, God, I've been, I've been acting since I was probably in preschool. My, my preschool teacher was one of my mom's really close friends. And, um, sadly she passed away a few years back. But one of the things she said to her before she passed was, um, she's like, I remember when Chloe would put on little plays and tell everybody who they were going to be. She always had to be a cat every time. <laughs> and then she always had to be the star and she would just like direct it. And like, I don't know, I would just, I was very much like, I want to put on shows like the minute I was old enough to understand what a show was. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and then I didn't start doing, like, um, like theater um, until I was 12, I believe, um, And but I've always been performing my whole life. I've always been doing something, like, I don't know. So, yeah, it's just, it's been, like, a really exciting experience being able to, like, look back at my past and go, oh, I had these goals for myself when I was very, very little, and here I am doing them now and it's crazy too because i think a lot of people give up on their dreams a lot of people are like this is really hard because it yeah. is and i don't yeah. want to like i don't want anyone to walk away hearing oh it's you know it's super easy it's super simple no it's not it's been the hardest 
challenge of my life, but also the most rewarding challenge of my life. Well said. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, you know, and you know, anything really worth it in life is, is not going to come easy in my opinion, but if you're passionate and you know, you're born to do it, you just have to do it. <laughs> it's true. I remember when I was like a freshman in high school, I remember telling, uh, one of my teachers, cause I would just, I was such a, I just didn't care enough about school. I was just like theater, theater, theater. I'm, you know, that's all I care about. And they would tell me, you know, you, you got to take your academics seriously. And I, I'd say, oh, I do. All of this is just to lead me into being an actor. And if I'm 80 years old and still trying to trying to make it, I'm not giving up. Like, I will be doing this for the rest of my life. Um, so, excuse me, I need to get back to my studies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's just like, like <laughs> school is just there to check off a box of, okay, I graduated high school, done. Now I can focus on what I want. <laughs> I, you know what? I can so relate to that. As somebody creative-minded, it's hard. It's hard to be confined to, like, a classroom room when we have dreams of doing other things it's true and when you're little you don't realize actually how important all those life experiences are sure i i think i grew up thinking like oh i just want to completely completely immerse myself in the acting experience in every single way that i can but what i learned later was that it's actually living life that makes you a better actor so i i almost wish i could go back to school and take it seriously (laughs) (laughs) right use it toward your your craft yes Uh, (laughs) that helps you (laughs) it does oh it 100 percent i'm curious for you like who was that first performer that first actor that you saw that really struck a chord with you who was your motivation early on in the acting world oh my gosh this is such a hard question because i have too many okay Um, top three maybe (laughs) there's a woman who grew up well she grew up she lived in here she lives currently here in brookings oregon um and i saw her in a production of um uh the complete works of william shakespeare her name is victoria weller and she to this day, the greatest actress I've ever watched. And I just was like, I want to grow up and be as talented as her. If, if I, if I even half, then it's a win. And I just, so, you know, and she's a great theatrical theater actress. And, um, she, um, has performed, um, like traveled and had her own production company has traveled and toured and done shows around the country. But in terms of film, um, cause I know that like, I'm sure people are excited to, I are interested to hear of like what other actors have inspired me that they recognize this is going to be funny to even say this one, but there's a movie that made me want to be an actor again, probably too young to fully like experience it or, or understand it fully. But, um, uh, but it was the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt Damon's performance just blew my mind. And I always knew I wanted to be an actor performer, but I watched that and I was like, I want to do that. Cause that really got me. So apparently I've always wanted to play the sinister roles, <laughs> right? Which is funny because I'm like, I have the, the ingenue look and I know that people want to cast me in probably romantic comedies or like the blonde, the dice first in horror movies, which is pretty much what I do. Um, <laughs> but, you know, getting to play that sinister, you know, a meaty role, you know, somebody with a real like mental illness. Like that's what I want to sink my teeth into. So love that answer. We're actually, that's uh good foreshadowing for a question I'm going to ask you later. So that was a very good response. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You uh, have done it all. I, you've worn every hat. I think in the entertainment industry, you've done television, you've done film, you've done 
producing, you've done live theater. Do you have a favorite out of all that? Is there one that really strikes a chord with you? I will always, it's funny, when I was a kid, I always said, like, I just, the real acting is film and television, and now I've I've definitely took a turn, and I've, theater, I think, is so, theater is where you begin, and I think it's also where you, you know, when you fall into your, not fall into, when you accomplish your goals as a film actor, I think you come back to the theater eventually, especially Mm -hmm. when you start there, like, it's just, there's something about also performing in a, in a story that's linear. Like in film, we often don't start, you know, with the first scene of the film and then go straight through to the end. It's, you know, you could be filming, you know, the last scene on the first day. Right. So right. Theater, being able to actually emotionally go through the waves of what the character is experiencing and the whole story. Like there's a magic to that, that we take for granted and you get involved in the film industry, and you're like, "Oh, I really miss that." I completely. Um, both challenging in different ways. But yeah, I love theater. And you know, it's funny. I did uh, quite a bit of theater when I was in New York, and it's funny how you start realizing that the the most, you know, fun memories, the most sentimental memories, are the ones from your stage work. You know, that's where you really you know, gain that camaraderie. You have those funny moments, those unpredictable moments. Every show's different. And when I think back now, I go, you know, I had the most fun doing live theater. Yes. Yes. It's, there is something like, I love what you said about gaining camaraderie. Like, it's so true. Like you, you bond with people in theater in a way that you don't get as much in TV and film Mm -hmm. uh, because it's probably a smaller cast and crew depending on the venue. I mean, in general, like film, there's like a billion people involved. Um, But well, I guess depending on the the size of the film, but in, in general, there's just a lot of people involved and there's a lot of moving parts to it and different people there on different days. Well, with theater, it's like you have this community that you go through this entire experience with. And I mean, we got three shows left and I feel so emotional already of like, I don't want to say goodbye to my dream. It just started. Right, right. I completely understand that. I've been there. I know how you're feeling. So you're going to make the most out of these final three performances. I know. Yes, and my throat will enjoy it because I've, I'm losing my voice pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It works for you. It really does. The raspiness thing, that works. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's funny because a lot of people in the audience were like, um, I, 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 I usually stay backstage, but I snuck out because I had a few friends in the audience and a couple people came up to me and they're like, what you're doing with that accent is so impressive. And I was like, thank you. I'm just slightly losing my voice. Do you know how many hours of meditation it took before taking the stage to get this this uh, voice? So thank you. <laughs> I know. I was telling one person, I was like, I think well, I, one of my friends that knew that I was just losing my voice, I told him, you know, I'm just going to scream every morning. Like, just get out, <laughs> leave the house, stand outside, scream, just so my voice can stay raspy. <laughs> we were just talking about, wow, the neighbors are going to love me. <laughs> <laughs> they'll have to deal <laughs> it's what we do for our art okay <laughs> so let's talk some misery here how did you become yeah. involved in the show and why was this part so important to you uh, well it started at 11 years old so very important to me early on i just i just remember reading it and 
I was always into the horror genre at a very young age, which was, you know, my parents probably tried to stop me, but there was no stopping me. I was fascinated. And, you know, there is sort of like this beautiful element that happens in horror movies where, you know, it's like you're in an audience in like a a movie theater or or a place, you know, a, a stage play, stage theater. And something happens that frightens someone. There's a gasp and then everyone laughs. It, it is it is such a, a, a community based experience. And I have always felt that. And even just like I'm a big mystery person. So I loved like creepy mysteries when I was little and um, always, always into, like you know, whatever the Hardy Boys and the, the Nancy Drew and all that stuff. I was super into it. So. Um, anyway, I'm 11. I discovered this book. I'm like, I really want to play this part. Um, I'm just going about my life in LA and I randomly see a casting notice for my dream play and my dream part. And I'm just thinking, I haven't been home in over a decade. Legitimately have not been here in over a decade. I don't know if anyone I know is still there. I know a few people, obviously the person that listed the casting notice, and I just thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a risk because I'm not a, a community. I know I haven't been there in a long time. I, I don't know how much they remember me, but I'm going to send in a tape. And uh, I did. Um, and they wrote me back this beautiful email offering me the part. And they were like, oh, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, they was, it was said, they, they said it was easy for them to, to make that choice because I, I mean, I, I guess I've had a lot of experience over the years, obviously, but I also know I'm not physically the type. I know I don't look like, you know, Annie Wilkes, the way Stephen King intended her. I know that I don't look like, you know, Kathy Bates, which is how everybody remembers her, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> that comparison. And I'm like, I know that's not me, but I'm going to have a very interesting angle to this character because looking like this, like a, you know, young, small, blonde, you know, it does kind of add this element of like, is there a romantic possibility between Paul and Annie? And it makes you kind of like me a little bit or like the connection a little bit until shit gets crazy. I don't know if I can curse on this podcast. Oh, yes, you can. Yes. Say whatever you want. Excellent. Yeah, let's go. Okay. 2.0. We're taking this to another level, Chloe. (laughs) No, I'm I'm actually, no, I'm so glad you brought that up. That was literally my next question because, as you said, so many people you know, think of Kathy Bates and granted she played the part brilliantly, but she's a very different physical type than yourself. And I actually found it refreshing that you're breathing new life into this character because here you are this aesthetically very beautiful woman, but I think it sends a message that anybody you pass on the street can have psychological issues. It doesn't matter what they look like on the outside. They could be a mess on the inside. They could be having some severe issues that they're dealing with. And that's why I liked you being cast in this because you can take it to another level. Yeah. I like that you said that too, because you don't know what's going on on the inside. And sometimes some people are just so psychologically uh, damaged or they're, they're, they're going through so much or, or they have a personality disorder, whatever it is that causes them to not really see themselves as, as others do. Right. So I kind of saw Annie as like she, you know, she doesn't have a lot of self-confidence. She, and a lot of people that don't have a lot of self-confidence exude confidence, have to have control. And so I found that to be really an interesting angle. Also, you know, people are expecting one thing when they see me, but I'm going to bring something completely different to it. So 
And I, I have to say again, I've, I've seen some clips and she just nails it. I have to tell everybody like she brings it. Chloe has done her homework. I, I have worked so hard. I literally, I've spent so many hours on this. I've put my whole soul into it. So I'm, I'm very happy with it. Um, I know that, um, I was just thinking too of like, this is a smaller community. It's not a massive community. Um, but we're selling out houses. We're selling so many tickets. It's, it's crazy. Like the attention that this show is getting and, um, and I'm so honored to just be a part of it. And I know, and it's wild too, because they just did, this theater just did the show rent right before this, which was very, it was kind of a big deal for this community. Right. Right. We we assume that this community was very closed minded. They they showed up hard for that show. I mean, it's a great show, and yeah. I heard amazing, beautiful things about how that that show went, and the turnout. I guess for auditions for Misery was like impressive. And P- this town has so much talent in it. It's like a hidden gem. So I feel even more honored knowing that like I was cast in this role, given that there's some incredible people that. Uh, that went out for it too. Well, you know, it was meant to be, as you said, reading that book at 11 years old. I mean, talk about full circle. I think that's it. (laughs) You're living it right now. Literally. literally, Yeah. It's, it's happening. I I feel so, so honored. And I, I, it's almost like I want time to slow down because I don't want this to end. Oh, I know. know? Oh, do I relate to you? I've done theater (laughs) shows where it's like, we're doing 13 shows. And in the beginning it's like, Oh yeah. I mean, this is forever. Can we just plow through these shows? And then you get to the end and you're like, Oh my God, like I want this to keep going. I, now I'm, now it's like, this is really ending. And I, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. And you bond. I always feel like I have amnesia before a show starts and I'm like, this is so stressful. I'm overwhelmed. There's no way we're going to be ready to open. Then we open and we're great. (laughs) Right. You know, you're getting your sea legs a little bit with the audience in front of you for the first time. And then the next week comes and you're like, oh, I want to keep doing this for months. Like depending on, you know, what your contract is or what, what you're doing, like some of the show, show, some show runs are super short. Some of them are longer. Um, but unfortunately we, I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately we only had three weekends for our show. So we have three performances left and I just want time to be very slow because I want to soak up every second I can. I will never forget this as long as I live. So. That's beautiful. That really is. I, I would like, yeah. I would like those who don't understand the theater world, kind of bring them in a little bit. What has your rehearsal schedule been like and how do you prepare to play Annie? What's your ritual? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are great questions. Uh, Thank I you. I will say that I think I came in, I've come in with, uh, well, a decade plus experience working professionally as an actor. And so I very much, and I, and obviously I'm the person not working. I've, I've come here to do this show. Uh, well, I mean, not working on any other projects or anything else. So like this show gets my full attention and right. um, some of the people involved, you know, they've got, they've got a day job. They've got something else that they're doing on the side and, um, or, or their main gig or whatever. And so there's a time we have time limits, but I have to say a massive thank you to every single person that worked on the show because blood, sweat and tears were put into it extra time. Um, they just basically gave everything they possibly could to give this their all. And I really appreciate that because, I mean, I take this so seriously. I, I left LA for three months for this and, and I, I have no regrets. I'm so happy to be here, but I truly, truly, truly have no regrets. Uh, 
not only because it's my my favorite show, like my dream role, but it's also because of the people I got to work with. They are they're bleeding heart for theater, and it, it just that's how I feel. And it felt I felt very fortunate to have gotten this group of people. They're just all of them so lovely, so hardworking, so talented. Um, in terms of getting into the character, oh, I have so many rituals. <laughs> I have a very heavy dialogue for Annie. Uh, yeah. I like I keep joking that I have 90% of the dialogue. Paul has a lot too. So it's maybe like 75 or something like that. Maybe a little more even. It's a lot. There's a lot of monologuing. This woman's got a lot to say. So it's... it was a challenge in that, wow, getting off book for theater is something I haven't done in a while. I Before I came out here, I directed a show off-Broadway. Um uh, assistant directed the show off Broadway and it was an amazing experience. Um, and before that I had done other directing gigs or I'd been doing stand up, or I'd been doing film. I've, I've done, a, um, quite a bit of film and not a lot of acting on stage. So, uh, it's been a few years and getting this, this experience, it was so intense because I couldn't have picked a more challenging role a more dialogue heavy role. <laughs> um, it, and then you think it's basic cause you're like, Oh, they're just in her cat in her Colorado farmhouse. Simple. You know, there's a million props. There's, it's such a, there's fire, there's oh, blood. There's so much more to it. That takes a lot. Of yeah. Scenes, the so, blocking yeah. is uh, intense. Yeah. It's very intense. And so getting into the character, I do a lot of, for me, the number one thing is I meditate every single day. I used to make fun of people that did that. I always thought it was stupid, and I, <laughs> that. And I thought they'd be like, you know, you know, hippies, crunchy granola in the woods, all that shit. And I <laughs> started meditating because I probably need it more than anybody else because my brain doesn't shut off. And, <laughs> and it helps. It really helps. I just started with like a few minutes at a time, and then I would build up to like 10, 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and obviously every day getting, getting exercise every single day is super important. I run, I'm also training for a marathon. So that's forcing me because to you're not busy work. enough. I mean, my gosh, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. So there's that. And then in terms of, I guess, acting, getting into character, there's just a lot of different exercises that I, I, I use for getting into the character and the, the costumes help, um, sound of, Oh God, that's the best thing about doing a horror play is that the music is everything. Like what would Jaws be without that theme song? Like you right. know, anything that is horror based is going to have amazing sound. So I feel like a lot of the work is done for me pre-show as I'm listening to the creepy music and I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is great. And I just sit there and I focus and there's a lot of things that would just take forever and I'm already going on so long, but there's a lot of character work involved and um, I, I have not, I've barely slept. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which probably helps the performance. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that the show's open, I have to sleep because otherwise you I don't do. even know what play I would be going on stage to do. <laughs> if you start singing rent numbers, they're going to be like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. That was our other show. <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny. It's like you're inside my head because as you were answering this question, you bled into the next one because I was going to ask you the challenge of being in a show where you're on stage. I mean, 99% of the time, uh, I had done one theater show where I had to lead it and I had a lot of pages to memorize and I was like scared shitless. I was like, I know I'll get it. But I'm, you know, this is a lot. So I admire you because I know this is not 
an easy part to play because there's nowhere to hide. You have such an excessive amount of dialogue, and there you are right on stage. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. It's hard. It is a lot. Um, But now that I've done this, I'm like, I'm not afraid of anything anymore. Good for you. That's the right attitude, right? Yeah. You're like, what's next? Let's do Iceman Cometh next. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) I love that. Now, how was opening night for you? First time playing Annie. Oh, it was great. I mean, I feel like we've improved so much since opening. So it's like one, I'm, I'm such a hard critic on myself. Like I, I'm very like, if I, if I drop a line, if I do anything out of what I, and I'm always changing it. Like every night, it's funny. People are like, are you throwing Paul off ever? Cause you're always playing with different movements and different things. You're always changing your, cause my tactic changes like every single night. I always try to play something new to just keep it fresh. You know, I love I that. To ever get into like a, to be static. Yeah. Or stagnant. Um, but yeah. Uh, what was the question? That <laughs> <laughs> no, just said, how was opening night? How, how <laughs> opening was good. <laughs> I get tangent forever. Um, I opening was really great. We had such a great turnout. People were so kind and supportive and, and the laughter. It's so awesome to be in a play that is dark and disturbing and twisted and discovering it. just how twisted each audience is. <laughs> like it's so fun because some of them laugh at this thick as shit and I'm I, it just it makes me think I want to go talk to that person after the show. right like <laughs> <laughs> so true you never know what's going to like tickle one person and, you know and yeah. the emotional reaction of each individual is all part of the fun of theater yeah, there's some there's some moments that I did not expect to get a laugh that get laughs almost every night and it's been it is a cool thing about finally getting a live audience in front of you. Right. And then you can play with that. Oh, they're responding yeah. to this. What can I do in the next show to just tweak it slightly and see if the reaction's the same? Yeah. It's I'm fun. so intense though too when a show opens before it's like locked. Um, I guess with the, with our show, there's not there's not really a period where they lock it down. And basically, when when you lock a show down, there's just like it's done. You're not gonna add any more to it. You're not gonna do any more notes or any more direction or anything. Um, I I a lot of people just want once the show is open, the, the the show is passed over to the stage manager and it is it is done. And um, I am relentless because I am just like, nope, I need more notes. I need direction. I need to like, oh, did this work? Did that work? <laughs> My director's so awesome because she's, she's very interested in like, oh, this worked or I like this moment or maybe we can. So it's fun to, to have, to have that. And with opening, we've learned a lot since opening for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh yes. That I remember is how it just organically changes. You find out what works what doesn't, and you kind of tweak on the fly with certain things. Yeah. I always remember I hated Tech Day, though. Tech Day was never fun for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's te- tech Week, just a nightmare. Like, a nightmare. <laughs> yes, for those unaware who haven't done theater, that's where you have to go in. They have to check the lighting. They have to check all the cues all the exits, make sure the music hits at the, at the exact point it's supposed to. So it's more like a rehearsal for everyone in the back so they can get everything down for uh-huh. these, for this wonderful actress, Chloe. 
Aww. Hey, do yeah, you... I, yeah, I'm go ahead. I'm grateful for just all, all of it. And, and te- you know, Tech Week, Tech, the, you know, the, it's, it, it was exhausting. Our director, Kat Liddell, is so hardworking. She never stops working, ever. She's, I've, it's insane. I, I keep telling her, like, you need to go to L.A. because your work ethic is so impressive. And then, uh, yeah, it, I mean, every, every single person, Jason Liddell, her husband, has been doing the lights and sound, and he's had a lot of amazing ideas to incorporate. Uh, some of the lighting is, like, creepy and disturbing, and the music on top of it is just it's unbelievable. So That is so exciting, though. I mean, you yeah. you... you market this so well because i want to see it right now so <laughs> i wish you could come out i know believe me so do i i'm just like i want to i want to invite everyone i want to invite stephen king i, I would i would hobble him so hard <laughs> i would totally kidnap him he's such a yeah he's been my hero my whole life i really do feel like i'm like i'm your number one thing I think we need to tweet him, Chloe, with your with a, with a with a clip of your performance. I'm just saying we need to get his attention. I would die whenever they ask you, like, who would you, what famous person, alive or dead, would you ever go to dinner with? I always say Stephen King. Perfect. That was going to be. I had that question down. So there we go. We'll just cross that. One. You're. I think you're a psychic. You didn't know, but you are. So amazing. I always say no. This is a funny one because I say um, Stephen King. Marilyn Monroe, and oh my god, I have another one. It's escaping me. Well, oh, my favorite, one of my favorite actresses um, is Kate Winslet. So, oh, it would perfect. Be such an interesting, just Kate Winslet, Marilyn, and I make sense. But then Stephen King, and there, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you and I have talked about the Marilyn thing before, so I am fully, fully in approval of the Marilyn choice. So, yes. good call. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've played her uh, seven times. Unbelievable! Um, I can see it though. I can totally see you. you playing Marilyn. Thank you. I I I don't know how. Um, first time I think it was fifteen, and I knew nothing about this woman, and I was just like, ah, she's just like hot, and that's it, right? And then I read up so much about her to prepare for it, and whoa, she's a really talented human being. I, people do not take her seriously enough. So um, true. So she true. I go too. Yes, yes, she she sure did. That was one of my favorite roles to see her in. Good call. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask you, how does the stage version differ from the film version? For those who are, you know, novice, they don't go to a lot of theater. I'm just curious, what are some of the differences you could highlight between what they remember as a film to your stage production version of it? Well, I will say William Goldman wrote the the, um, the film adaptation and the play adaptation, so they're oh, excellent. much more similar. There are definitely differences, like the sheriff has a much bigger part in the film, and then his wife, there's more characters. Um, and, um, yeah, and I will say, though, just so everybody's aware, a lot of people are afraid to come see the show because they're, they're like, it's so scary, or like, I don't know, my friend or my mom or someone read the book and they described it to me and I don't want to see that. And I'm going to tell you right now, like, the, the, the stage play and the movie are adorable cartoons. They're so sweet. They should they should play, be played on, like, children's network channels uh, compared <laughs> to the movie. Or no, right. sorry, compared to the book. Right, right, right. It's 
so much darker, so much more fucked up. Like it, it is shocking to me how, how gentle they were with the play and the film, you know, um, in the book, uh, I don't know, spoiler alert, if people want to read the book, um, I will say there's a decapitation at some point. Boom, look at that. Um, there's a finger cut off, severed, and stuck into a birthday cake. Um, I See, this is news to me. This is very, Now you're making me want to read this book. <laughs> yeah, and those are just a couple things. There's more, but yeah, I'll just I'll tease you with that. Highly recommend reading the book. It's brilliantly written. Uh, which is a line that Annie Wilkes says in the play. Um, it is brilliantly <laughs> written, but then everything you ever write is brilliant. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's true. It is it is absolutely brilliantly written, and it's I, what I love about this this like this book and this play is that it it is different from Stephen a lot of Stephen King's work, and that it's not um, uh, what is it, supernatural. It's very believable. We right, all right. Probably know an Annie Wilkes. Maybe so not true. Not but <laughs> <laughs> we've all known that person who's a little off so you never know <laughs> exactly if you're thinking um i don't think i know it that's probably you <laughs> <laughs> so true well said <laughs> what was your biggest challenge personally taking on this role what what was what was something that you knew either i just i i have to get this right or you know what I mean? Like what what was the what was just taking on this role, what was the biggest challenge for you? Um I think it was the mental illness part. Um not that I can't relate because absolutely uh I'm a human woman on planet Earth. Uh, I'm traumatized. So <laughs> no problem there. But I will say that um I was overwhelmed with the fact that this has been a my dream my whole life. And so there was fear and trepidation in taking on a role that what if I fail at my dream? So I think the part that most overwhelmed me was knowing that I would be playing Annie Wilkes, but will I do her whatever? Will I do her justice in terms of being a believable character? Um, You know, I see Annie as, you know, someone that has a lot of, very, very deep issues, deep-seated issues. Sociopathic, I mean, she has no remorse for a lot of her, you know, a lot of the um, the pain and trauma she's inflicted upon others. And um, to get into that mindset and to do that well, while also showing a level of empathy, but that's just skirted on the outside. That was, a, that. was That's what I was afraid of failing at because, you know, somebody that is, trained like a a sociopath would be trained to um express emotions that they've practiced right right make sure that that was believable you know because sometimes you speak to these people and i believe annie's a master i mean she's a nurse she's got that bedside manner locked down so i wanted to make sure that there was never in the scenes like with the sheriff that it never seemed like i it was faking anything i wanted people to believe her in moments and think, Oh wow, she really cares. Or maybe she's going to change her mind. I mean, a lot in the dialogue can't really support that because she's obviously just totally, you know, down to lock Paul with her, with her and her, her farmhouse forever. But I just want there to be enough sweet moments, um, to juxtapose the, um, the mental illness and that kind of back and forth. Very well said. So very well said.
Um, yeah, I was like, I hope that made sense. <laughs> oh, it made complete sense. No, completely. Um, what is the first thing you're going to do when the show wraps and you get a little piece of your life back? I have a feeling there's a little kitty cat you've been missing. I know that's one thing. <laughs> but what what's the first, what is one thing you're you're looking forward to doing when you, when the show wraps? Oh my god, I'm going to drive back to California, Los Angeles, and I'm going to cry into my cat's fur because like, he just deals with me and my emotions. And I'm just going to be like I miss the show, but I'm so happy that you're back in my arms. <laughs> uh, little Barack Obama, he's, he's a legend. <laughs> That's so cute. That's yeah. and and is there anything like you've uh, been withholding that you know until the show wraps? Like, is there like a treat meal or something that you've not been? You know what I'm saying? Do you have that reward coming? Um. Yeah. I. You know, I don't know. I'm. You know. I'm vegan, so people are like, "What's your treat?" Like, just an extra twig and I'm like no there's so much more there's I miss a lot there's a lot of great LA junk food vegan restaurants and I'm very much excited to go back and to to do that again I will say the vegan options here are wildly impressive considering it's not the it's not the biggest city so right um, yeah so I'm I'm very I've been very happy with that and you know with, with Annie too I'm I'm very much, uh, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I'm mentally healthy and in a great place, but Annie also is somebody that doesn't, uh, she, she, I think she tends to overeat and I, I've been playing it. Not that there's anything in the, um, trigger warning for anyone. I've been playing a lot with, because I'm a smaller person and she's this overeater in the book and in, yeah, they don't really talk about it in the play as much, but I really wanted to go to the book as much as possible and try to do Stephen King justice. Right. I'm playing a lot of like her having an eating disorder, you know, going through periods of binging and then uh, uh, suffering with bulimia and anorexia and things like that. So there's a lot of, a lot there that I've been playing with as well. We don't discuss it on stage, but for me, it's been a character choice because I know I'm a smaller person, but I also think that, there's a lot of irritability that comes with being someone that so badly wants to be someone else, um, has a lot of shame and hatred towards herself, and um, not feeling like they fit in or belong or feel safe or comfortable in society. So, um, yeah, I've been very much being like, I'm just going to eat what I want. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm a pretty healthy year, so I guess, yeah, haven't been too crazy. Well, you're, that's because you're a natural badass. I've seen your hiking videos. You're like, my God. If I listen, I want. I'm taking you along. If I have to go on like some survival, what's that tough mutter competition? You're you're going to be my rolling partner if I ever oh have to do God, a tough mutter. So bad. Let's do one together. <laughs> I'm I'm down, but yeah, I'm telling you, you're going to end up carrying the load. I'm just letting you know. That's fine. <laughs> well, maybe I'll get an extra medal or something. <laughs> <laughs> She carried that son of a bitch on her back. Do you see that? <laughs> oh, my God. There's an Annie Wilkes moment, so there we go. Yes. <laughs> so many Annie Wilkes moments. <laughs> Obviously, this part is a dream part for you. Are there some others out there? Is there, there, are there a few others that you'd like to cross off that list? Yeah, I don't know. I've always wanted to convincingly play a man. So, okay. <laughs> All right. I like that. <laughs> I just, it would be a challenge. I don't know. I I always thought that would be interesting, and I I love I like playing just very rich, 
multi-layered characters. I mean, I feel like that's such a basic answer because doesn't everybody, but I, I guess I'm not shy. I don't shy away from the sociopath anymore. I loved this experience. So I, I, I love that mentally ill characters. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to think of like what I want to do. Um, yeah, playing a man would be really interesting. That's like, that was the first thing that came to mind because, um, it's just something I've, I've always identified as a woman. So I've never, um, thought to play a man. So it's just something, uh, or I've thought to play it, but I've never played it. Um, so yeah, I guess that's, that's what I would say. I would right. do a remake of the talented Miss Ripley and they can, um, cast, uh, 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 Tom Ripley as a woman. Uh, Oh, there you go. I like that. I'd love to play her. <laughs> Perfect attention casting directors. Uh, you heard it. Boom. <laughs> What's something, a surprising interest or talent that you have that some people wouldn't know about you, but that exists. I'm just curious. Um, I used to be a magician. Love that. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> so I did like stage shows and, um, uh, yeah, I, I do stand-up comedy now because I was too lazy for the tricks. I was, I loved it. <laughs> I'd get one trick down, I'd be like, this is great, but like, I, I don't want to joke with people. And then I'd be like, I got to switch up my act, and I don't want to do that. I just want to make people laugh. So I started doing stand-up instead. Scariest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I highly recommend it. Oh, I bet. If you want to feel like you'd rather die for a second because you're so traumatized at the fact that you're about to go stand on stage and then like make people laugh, hopefully... And you're ter- you just want to quit right there because you're right. Do right. stand up. Do it. Highly recommend. Uh, that's you- only for people that are like masochists like me. So- oh no, that's how I started. I started in stand up, so I felt like after that, I was like, "There's nothing the acting yeah. world can throw at me that I can't handle because I've tried. I've tried to elicit one emotional response from a group of people based on shit that I wrote and performed. So it was sink or yeah. swim. You know, it's such a great test of someone's metal i believe a hundred percent a hundred percent i need to see some of your stand-up i'm so curious oh i will i will send you some stuff i was crazy on stage like <laughs> I, I mean like yeah it'll when i send it to you you're gonna be like holy shit that was him yeah i acted like a <laughs> lunatic on stage i, I love that I, I act like a lunatic too i i kind of have this whole bit in the beginning of mine where i sound like the crazy ex-girlfriend <laughs> so, right i'm just channeling what i know so I love that. No, I'm channeling the people I've been with is really what it is. No, exactly. Chloe's had to put up with some shit. And so <laughs> that's how you yeah, channel I mean, it on stage so well. Yeah, I think that's probably probably ultimately why I want to play a man, because I have a lot of like psychopathic men that I've dated that I could really do. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm totally serious. <laughs> I know you are, but I just love you because you just don't give a bullshit answer. Like that was such a real answer. <laughs> it is, yeah, but yeah, I've dated some good people too. I promise. There's, you know. <laughs> but you know what? What would that book be that you're going to write without some psychopathic men stories? So yeah, that was the real inspiration to get my life together. I was like, well, I need to stop picking these ones. So we're going to try this over here instead of this <laughs> yeah what in me is wounded in a way that thinks hmm, probably a murderer is a good dating option for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask you a weird question and it's okay if you haven't 
but I ask everybody this. It's totally out of left field. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? Hmm. I, so I'm fascinated by them. Okay. I also am probably the most skeptic. Yes. yes. I'm a big skeptic. Nothing and wrong with that. Science minded human. Yeah. That Nothing wrong with that. It's hard for me to think yeah. that way, but. Anytime somebody has a story, I'm like, tell me everything I want to know. Yeah, you're open to the possibility of it, but you need to experience it yourself to be on that train. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. I always say a skeptic mind is a healthy mind. It's. it's I did. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I, did, I fucked with people in high school and convinced a bunch of girls that there was a ghost <laughs> in, the, in the top of our theater and terrified them. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It was, yeah. I and it was it was going on for like a few weeks, and I eventually I was like, I I need to tell them because they're getting really scared. Now I feel bad. <laughs> At first it was hilarious. Now yeah, it took too far. I think that was the best answer anyway. I, I prefer that story to an actual experience. That's great. Were you like flipping lights on and shit? <laughs> yes, yeah. I was like flipping lights on and then I would be like, do you see that shadow? Do you see it? And there would be, there would be a shadow, but I would know what it was of. And they'd be like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> best. I think that's probably the best paranormal answer I've ever gotten. So thank you for that. <laughs> terrify people with false ghost stories i love it i'm always here with the absurdity if you need it (laughs) (laughs) that's why i appreciate you chloe thank you for that (laughs) thank you so where can people buy tickets for this show tell them about it let's plug this show because i want you to have three which i know you're going to anyway but i want these shows packed to the rafters so where can people get tickets Oh, if they go to ChetcoPelicanPlayers.org, you'll see a link to the Misery tickets there. Um, and I feel like there was another question and I'm failing. <laughs> How many more shows we have? I know you've answered that a few times, but let's just throw that in there. There are how many more shows? Friday, So it's Friday and Saturday at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday at 2 p.m. for the matinee. So three shows left. This coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Amazing. And where can people find you? And mind you, we don't want psychos. I'm talking about real fans here that want yeah. to find no. Chloe. So no I no any Wilkes. But I have to tell you, I genuinely have like two stalkers right now. I'm not even kidding. Do I'm you really? So, yeah. And like to the point where we have a, a guard that guards me at the theater. Oh, wait. Yeah. You're, you're being serious right now. Dead serious. Oh my gosh. Yeah, See? One of them is here in the community, and one of them is this crazy girl that, you know, uh, that lives in LA that's obsessive. So. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm going to have to get yeah. more of this story, like, off air. But, uh, <laughs> because I'm. You've got me fascinated. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. So. But yeah, the show is yeah running just three more days. I'd love for people to come. You can find me on Instagram at Chloe. That's there we go. Dot Rosenthal. Um, yeah, at Chloe.Rosenthal. I think it's the same on Twitter. And then um, I believe it's the same for TikTok. TikTok is like my new my new thing now. Chloe, yeah, Chloe.Rosenthal. That's correct. There we so. go. And uh, do you have a uh, website as well? Um, I do not. I'm one of those people the last 
to get one. I should get one. I, I didn't have one either. I never had one, so don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just feel like social media is the website now. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And IMDb. So. And I, yeah, and IMDb here because you're going to want to see her catalog of work. Trust me, folks. She's so talented. Go see this show. It's amazing. Chloe, you're a delight. I want to thank you for doing this. I can't believe it's been 50 minutes already. Um, will I be able to have the pleasure of your company in a future episode? Because I'd love to have you back. Um, 100%. I'd love to come back. This thank, is so fun. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I'm going to ask you to hold on one second because I want to thank you off air. But uh, for Chloe Rosenthal, this is Brian Hobson for Footsteps in the Attic. We'll see you next week.